0: Hello adventurers, welcome to the MinMaxed Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us, and you do so as we continue Bloodlords. As always, we'd like to invite you to come join our Discord, where you can hang out with us and other listeners of the show. And if you'd like to throw us a little financial support, you can check out our Patreon, and a shout-out to all of those at our big number level and above. Rock Jedi, Iggy, Wolf, Blartimus Slump, Thunder Mammoth, The Trevor Project, Dos Chris, Fizzgig, AC Goldner, Eric R., Oh, just gonna sneak right past you there, Indie Link, Tawdry Monster, Mercutio, Angel Shadow. Heart Siren, and forevermore, Jason K, Dicky Lopez, Lucky Topaz, Ricky Rope Bridge, Alex K, Doma Alaka, Frank L, Just Mike Works, Ross D, Argoon's Long Lost Elbow, Fig Zach S, Jimmy H, Mr. Turtle, Sleeve, Darren, Caleb W, Corey, Pickle, Mr. Grimm, Firedown, M54 Ewas, Jamison S, Eric R, Plus Two, Four, Plus Seven of Wacking, I'm Not a Robot, George F, Leo Hart, Hard, Hard, Har, and Witch Hunter. Thank you all so much for your support. And now a recap of Session Eight. We've just finished cleaning up our mansion and rebranding to the Theater of Sin. Unexpectedly, Bloodlord Howdoli comes to visit us. We receive her enthusiastically. She thinks the key we found could be to a Grey Dirge bank lockbox. We exchange pleasantries, dinner, and info. Later we go out shopping and intelligence gathering. Turns out a bunch of stuff from the bank got moved to Megatar, but some say there might be more lockboxes still down in the vault. Not much info on the three-fingered hand symbol, but something about a Bone Shards gang of fetchlings who stay well hidden. Loose connection at best. Also, we hit level two. We receive a letter of summons to a temple called the Empty Threshold to meet with some stupid fucking zan worshippers. We decide to agree and the meeting is set for the next day.
1: So the time passes and you make your way to the Empty Threshold. The Empty Threshold is The temple to Zankuthan in Grey Dirge, and it's one of the largest public edifices dedicated to the Midnight Lord in the Inner Sea region. Like most of the buildings in Grey Dirge, a good portion of the temple extends underground. Otherwise, its face, its front, is displeasing to look at architecturally. Like, there are no symmetrical angles in the exterior of the building all the walls are just slightly off any adjoining surfaces don't quite match a 90 degree angle like everything is just slightly off and as you stand outside the empty threshold and
0: you're staring at it it's just uncomfortable to look at sounds about right i'll bet everybody inside is going to be about the same uncomfortable to look at <laughs>
1: <laughs> Everyone, yes. As you approach the entrance to the empty threshold, you are greeted by three Kuthites and they introduce themselves. All three of them are wearing black leather garb and carry serrated daggers at their hips. One of them is just covered in tattoos depicting beautiful creatures in terrible pain. The other two bear fresh scars and they approach you simultaneously and they bow simultaneously. My name is Yegefka. I'm Ruffella. And I'm T'Kat. Please, follow us, they say in unison. I do. As you enter the empty threshold, you make your way into a small... Ablution room And as they enter The two that are bearing the flesh scars Go to wash Away some of the blood That is obviously f- Like fresh from Cuts made earlier They look
0: at the four of you oh, 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 I, uh, I My eyes go A little sharky at that You know like like where a shark smells blood in the water They're like mm-hmm. I have a similar reaction that I try and keep under control. The one that doesn't have the fresh
1: cuts, the one with the tattoos of the beautiful creatures in pain, looks to the four of you while the other two are washing. Do any of you need assistance in cleansing yourselves before you enter the threshold?
0: You see, you take such a normal sentence, and then you have it said by a Zanguthonite, and nobody knows what the fuck you mean.
1: I'll take that as a no. Yes. And an off-handed slap to the Kuthites.
2: Cleanse me of what? See exactly. Nobody knows.
0: Are you going to rip out our souls? Who knows? Absolution comes through pain. Yes,
1: quite. Other peoples. Mm. Perhaps we can discuss. Some of the self-beneficial properties that you can gain should you lean into the pain of this world. I could assist you with some pain. I have myself and others of the religion to inflict that pain. If you would like to inflict it on me, you can create an appointment. We have services for that.
0: I didn't realize you were... So much like a temple to Calistria. Anyway, shall we go do this dinner?
1: And the other two Kuthites finish washing in the chamber. And then they say,
0: very well. Follow. I do. I'm trying to decide if I have my idol on summoned or not. Do you think we're going to be in combat or should I be in diplomatic mode? I'm going to say I do not have my idol on summoned okay. at this time.
1: Sun Drinkers away for now. Yes. You head down further a couple of chambers, and as you go deeper into the empty threshold, you can hear the clinking of chains, distant screams of all kinds, whether it's for what sounds like screams of pain to uh, uh, screams of pleasure, and they're all at an 11. Everything gets turned up to an 11, but it's just in the distance, so it has this weird creepy chill factor to it when it comes to like the environment is constant torturous screams (laughs) and then you come to another chamber and in another chamber there is an altar what are they called a stone altar with a bowl cut out in the
0: middle of it I do think they have a name but there is a specific name name I can't think of
3: it not catholic enough for that
0: yeah, yeah, I don't remember enough maybe, of my maybe church cut some stuff. Of that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're the sinners. Remember? Yeah,
3: yeah, we don't want to chase away all. So, uh, I, I doubt there's too many Catholics. Maybe we but. do, and
1: there probably aren't many at this point, right? Hopefully, this far into it, they've realized that this.
0: I don't think we're all that disparaging of religion. Nah, in general, except for Aridon. Fuck that guy.
1: Yeah, we just hate Aridon. Oh, and and Avatar. I also hate Zonk. Those are, those are, those are and both religions.
0: <laughs> yeah, but these are fake religions. You're allowed to fake fake religions.
1: <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. In this next chamber that you come into with the, uh, the stone altar with the bowl carved into it, the three attendants gather around the bowl, and there is a shing as serrated daggers are pulled from sheaths, and they hold them up to their arms, and you can hear its audible as the skin is split as they bring the serrated daggers down their arms and bleed into this bowl
0: oh my god a bowl full of fresh blood are you kidding me I'm a vampire
3: <laughs> this is why I don't hang out with Zankuthonites is there anything else in the bowl or is it just blood
1: It's just right now it's just blood oh, Okay. Ah. And, and they empty the blood into the bowl and one I of put them the
3: blinders on
0: and one of them looks through to the this. four of
1: you and says, Would any like to join us in bleeding before this dinner?
0: You do realize I'm a vampire? Could we
2: please move along? Can I bleed? Do you feel pain? No. Pass.
3: Yeah, Undead can't undead can't bleed.
1: Do you feel pain, Luke and Hollow?
3: I feel pain.
0: and I don't even know what to say. I'm too flustered. Yes, so I feel you pain. Feel
3: pain right now by having to. Good.
0: <laughs> pain right now is it's it's like I'm extremely hungry and surrounded by food that I can't have. Please and let's it, move along. In unison, the three of them go. Good. God. I fucking hate zombathon. God.
1: <laughs> One of the three goes and grabs God. a pitcher from the corner of the room, and then <laughs> they wash the blood off from the freshly cut wounds, and then finally, after this just parade of self-torture. They finally are led to a chamber deep in the empty threshold. It is the office of a man. So you see this man sitting at a desk.
0: He has very, very rosy lips. He does have really rosy lips, doesn't he? He
3: wears makeup.
1: You see a man, yeah. living man, sitting at a desk. The scars are fake. In a stark chamber filled with papers and pens and uh, also, just decorating the wall here and there. There's a lash and a few other torture implements just about, you know, j- in case you need one. This man is decked out in dark blue robes with a white stole. He's bald, and cut into his head are cuts that look like they're stitched together in sharp geometric patterns.
0: I'd like to make a medicine check for my, like, corpse-stitcher background. Are these good stitches or bad stitches? Go ahead and give me a lore check on that, actually. A medicine, is medicine okay? Oh, yeah, medicine's all right.
1: I'll give you that. Uh, I get a 14. You can tell the stitches look like they might be sloppy at first glance. And then you take a second glance, and you notice that the stitching is actually very well done. It's just been broken and cut and restitched over and over and over again, that the scar tissue makes it look sloppy. That sounds about right. As the three acolytes lead you into this office, Ortegar, he, he looks up. Ah, my visitors, thank you, thank you, please, please. Leave us, may pain be with you, acolytes. And they respond, and also with you, in unison. <laughs> Of course they do <laughs> and they leave and he says ah welcome welcome to the empty threshold i hope they weren't too torturous on your way this deep back to my office can't take a few steps without cutting something <laughs> open <laughs> that's a that's a kuthai joke that's a koothai joke please please uh, jo- join me in the the dining hall i do and as you're walking to the hall, it's just a, it's a little ways down. You can tell that it must be Ortegar's quarters in this section because his dining hall is actually just a large dining room. There's a long table, enough to host about ten people, but just the one end of the table is made up in an you know more of an intimate setting. He would be set at the end of the table or at the head of the table with you all seated around him. There's just enough for him and the four of you and he goes to walk behind his seat and he says please uh, have a seat you know I asked Berline a little bit about what you might enjoy for a dinner such as this and uh, well I must say I was very interested in the response it t- turns out kicks you'll eat nearly anything
0: Oh, well, I wouldn't say anything but I'll eat food you'll
1: eat living food I would
0: assume I don't want it
1: to be alive no well, sorry. Food for the quick.
0: Okay,
2: perfect.
1: Yes. I also understand that the rest of you have your own specific desires at the dinner table. We'll have things brought out to us in time, but for now, would you enjoy a glass of wine
0: with me? I feel like this would be a weird thing in a land where everybody's undead. Like, it's, it's got to be, like, known, right? Like, skeletons like bones vampires like blood it is it is however
1: what I should get across here is that in like undead politics in general undead politicians don't meet for dinner that's not something they do
3: cause it's too weird
1: <laughs> Berline and Ortegar, however do enjoy dinners quite a bit in fact you'll find out throughout the dinner that he'll discuss you know just he loves having dinners with Berline him and Berline are close friends Gotcha. All right. As you all go to sit down for the dinner, three of those acolytes come out to set silverware in front of Kix and a silver spoon in front of Ortigar. One of them also brings out a platter, a covered platter. They bring it up, and he he sits, and he says, oh, one moment. I must take a seat. And he sits down, and they hold the platter in front of him, and they lift it up. You might have expected some sort of food to come from the silver platter, but no. The platter contains a large, writhing arachnid, like just a a, a spider the size of a basketball. But several of its limbs have just been detached and are laying around in the platter. And there's a little almost gravy boat that he picks up and then gently pours it onto the arachnid. And you can see that it is, in fact, acid. And the acid hits the spider that's had all of its limbs torn off at it. And it twitches and it writhes. And then they cover the platter. And they take it away. And he takes his, uh, his silver spoon and he takes a black cloth, wipes the spoon, just makes a little cut in his wrist, and then sets it down.
2: And I was going to assume Kuthites just like ate like Taco Bell and gave himself like <laughs> nasty diarrhea for the next day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's suffering, man. <laughs> like, this just seems like way too much effort. They could just eat something that's going to give themselves like some food poisoning.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, it's way too much work. So, did he actually?
1: Did
3: he actually eat anything from it?
1: No, he didn't. He yeah. just like he brought. They brought it out to him, and he just poured acid on this near death spider with limbs torn off of it.
2: Okay, I'm not sure what you were expecting me <laughs> to say. That's written into the book, right? Like you didn't make that up?
1: <laughs> no, no, that's, that's legitimately basically in there.
3: I would say you go That's like playing with your food, but you don't even eat it. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> what a waste. <laughs> that's not food. That's my offering
1: to the Midnight Lord. Pain. I offer pain. Uh, I'll have you no know, arachnids actually can't feel any pain? You dumb cultists.
0: a Arachnid lore! <laughs> Honestly I
1: I really enjoy spiders And me inflicting that To the spider Caused me pain Ah Okay
3: God I'm gonna kill this guy someday
0: (laughs) My name is Ortogar Please introduce yourselves Uh yes hello I'm Lucan Hollow Hello Lucan Hello Can we just get to what you want
1: To eat dinner. Have good company. I'm a fucking
3: ghost. I don't eat anything. Let's get to the fucking point.
1: (laughs) But I have something for you, if you would indulge me.
3: You can barely make out his eyes, but he rolls them. (laughs) But now I am I am intrigued.
1: (laughs) Is anyone else going to introduce themselves? Are you this is you must be Gurdrug
3: then? It seems like these guys know who we are already. I assume that Berline told you who we were, so yes.
1: She did, but formal introductions are always pleasant, are they not? Not. No,
3: they're <laughs> terrible. This has been terrible.
1: It pains me to see you in such social awkwardness.
3: Well, then you must love it.
1: That I do. How about the quick at the table? Uh... I don't know, I'm, I'm a little disgusted with the whole spider thing, so I'm probably just like, hey. Kix is just, like, turning green. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I might throw up. I thought maybe that's what they're going to try to feed me, and I was
1: like, oh, great. Yeah,
0: I thought I made this clear. You said, what do you want? My one stipulation. I wanted to not be alive.
1: <laughs> and uh, then he looks He looks over at Arya and said, And you, good friend, have been quite the talk of... Well, the court of recently. Why? Not many skeletons just show up out of the blue and gray dirge and preach to Zuriel the way that you do. Why, if I didn't know any better, I would expect that you and I wouldn't get along very well. We won't. As
2: expected. Arius is just sitting there with his arms crossed the entire time.
1: With his bones crossed?
2: He's he's not yeah, he's,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> He does not like being here.
1: He'll just go into topics throughout the dinner, but it doesn't take very long for the meal to be served. He has things brought out that are very similar to Berline's tastes. Like everything is over the top. The food for the quick here. This is basically for him and kicks. You've got minced beef, roasted vegetables, pigeons stuffed with onions and spices, stuffed dates, buttery pastries drizzled generously with honey, and other indulgent dishes. Almost would make it worth it to be there. He'll ask you at some point after the food is served... Because at the moment, it's likely just Arius and Gerdrug and Lucan sitting there watching Kix and Ortegar start to eat. Ortegar looks up at uh, Lucan and says, I understand that you prefer things to be very fresh, Lucan, as most of your kind do. Yes, of course. I've brought in some livestock just for the occasion. Have you? One of the Acolytes escorts in a beautiful young man wearing like a sheer transparent robe who goes and kneels next to your spot at the table and bows his head.
0: I have to assume nobody, uh, the party has like watched me feed before. I've just had like cups of blood and stu- such.
3: I mean, you're a vampire. We know what vampires
0: do. So. You expect me to be so voyeuristic about it. All right then. And, uh,. I will indulge of the meal offered before me. You know, as a vampire would. A tray of bones is brought out for Arius. He doesn't
2: touch them. Oh, he nah. doesn't.
0: Ooh, ooh, Able to resist temptation better than Lucan. Bortgard notices this. Do you find
1: yourself filled, Arius? Or is it just a
2: message? I don't know <laughs> God damn it Tyler
3: uh, also, I can't tell if Arius is giving him the silent treatment or if Ted's thinking
2: I'm thinking but I also just don't know how to respond as like Arius um,
3: well, It's your character however you want him to
2: Oi thanks
1: mate
3: <laughs> No I'm sure that was close I'm sure
2: <laughs> Not feeling hungry
3: understandable
1: I understand you need to lose those bits of bones to require them I suppose and oh yes Gurdrug I appreciate you uh, humoring me for the evening with the dinner I'll have yours brought with dessert if you don't mind
3: god this guy's trying try
1: my patience I'd like to, I'd like to keep your attention just a bit longer
3: damn you Tyler <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, you knew what I was
3: going to do once you told me.
1: <laughs> I would like you to tell me, if uh, if you are so willing, to, um, about... Uh, Berline mentioned a few things about old Ergag's farm. I understand you've done very good work for her. I'm very good friends with Bloodlorn Hal Doley.
3: I can't tell if he wants some sort of, like, validation that he's friends with her <laughs> or something. Well, good job, bud. <laughs> Gerdrig won't won't give him any if he is. Yes, Bloodlord
0: Haldoli is certainly the pillar of the community here in Great Urge.
1: Yes, and we've been friends for some time. It's interesting in a city like Great being among the quick and also having political power. We've exchanged many recipes over the years. We do enjoy dinners together. Though I will have to pay for this one later.
0: And whatever do you mean by that?
1: My mortal pleasures must be responded to in kind to the Midnight Lord in equal and greater measures
0: of pain. Ah, yes, of course. Well, you are certainly a very pious man, and I guess I can respect that. I appreciate that, Luke, and I respect you. That is a deception check. (laughs) 26. And it goes off without a hitch oh yeah perfect can you
1: also give me a diplomacy check lucan of course like Kix hasn't been doing a lot of talking is that just because kicks is scared at this table or is no, Kix just this is fucking some jam- damn good food just <laughs> shoving food in his face <laughs> got it i've had the best food in like like the last week that i've like ever eaten in my life <laughs> never eaten this good before Ares, I can imagine, is just giving Ortegar the silent treatment several times. Maybe just straight up not answering questions because, well, you don't want to talk to this guy. Pretty much. And Gerdrug's just been kind of gruff. Gruff.
3: gruff. Yeah, this guy <laughs> basically ignoring everything he says whenever possible.
1: So, Luke, in what kind of diplomacy check did you get here? Pretty good one. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Okay. After your conversation you get to her, like Ortegar finishes and even kicks. It looks like he's slowing down a little bit. He's still going but he's just moving a little slower. Ortegar uses his this black napkin that he's had with him and dabs his face. Puts down the silver spoon that he's been both equally afflicting self-harm and enjoying his food with. He says, Your conversation has been just wonderful, Lucan. Thank you so much for joining me for this dinner. I see that you enjoyed yourself and he looks down at the uh, the body that's just lying on the floor. Also this blood stains down
0: my new uh, fancy clothes. I do have to ask do you have a way to get that out? Well of course darling that's what prestidigitation is for. But you know for us vampires it's almost like part of the Agutra Ball. Ah. But you just leave a little behind just so everyone knows. Ah, a subtle hint. I like that. Exactly.
1: Well, I've so much enjoyed our time, Lucan, that if you would like, my acolytes are... well, they know a few spells that they could teach you that are uncommon to those spellcasters who usually practice the arts. They are a little kuthites in nature, I must admit... Well,
0: if you are willing to present them, I'm certainly keen in learning. Glad to hear that. We'll have one of the acolytes speak
1: with you on your way out. Yegefka has seemed to take a liking to you. I'm sure they would love to speak with you again.
0: It was riveting conversation. What riveting conversation! <laughs> Now, please, you must forgive me. I do not want to seem ungrateful for your hospitality. But what was the point of this dinner? Surely you must be a busy man. Very much so. Why are
1: we here? Perceptive, Mr. Harlow. I do hope that you've enjoyed your food, but... uh, Let's discuss those matters that I've brought you here to discuss. I recently learned of an apparent plot to introduce some strange substance, poisons perhaps, to Geb's food supply, mostly thanks to your investigations and my friendship with Bloodlord Howdoli. This plot involved not just any remote farm, where the food would in- undoubtedly be shipped overseas and be of no concern to mine, but a farm that supplies Greydird itself, including this temple, well, you all know of what I speak, of course, but I have a, a confession to make. Word of this plot did not reach me by way of our mutual acquaintance, the esteemed reanimator, Bloodlord Haldoli. No, I learned of this plot from a member of my own congregation. It is difficult for our worshippers to keep secrets from us. My acolytes are quite skilled, and it is easy to recognize when one of our own has grown accustomed to our ministrations and requires extra attention. One such congregant is a man named Dakramat. He is also a member of a Grey Dirge gang called the Bone Shards. We've long known Dakramat worked with the Bone Shards, but it did not concern us. It is a pathetic little group Little more than struggling ruffians Unworthy of our attention Or so I assumed It seems the group has a new leader This individual plots to poison Grey Durge's food supply Doc heard about this from his gang's new leader But as he wasn't in the inner circle He couldn't provide any details Even under intense interrogation Our modest congregation consists mostly of living people, and there are many other quick across Grey A mass poisoning is no trifling matter. One cannot serve the Midnight Lord with a quick, painless death as much as he can with years of servitude. When word of what happened at Ordiogag's farm reached me, it was clear. There truly is a plot against Grey against its living residents at least. I try to keep myself on the empty threshold insulated from such schemes, and I'd appreciate external assistance with this investigation. Thus, I have brought you here to share what I know. The bone shards are somehow connected to what has happened and what may yet happen. If no one acts, I can tell you where their hideout is. If I hire you, try not to kill
0: all of them.
1: If they have information on this plot, we ought to learn
0: who is involved. Well, I must assume that nobody is better at extracting information than a Kuthite. Indeed. And that I say without a a deception check, because that's probably true. (laughs) That's
1: probably super legit. (laughs)
0: If you would investigate
1: the Bone Shard's hideout, I'm sure it would be a good next step in your own investigations. Doc Ramat is no
0: concern of ours at the moment. Certainly, the evidence we uncovered at the farm, Ear gags did point to such a thing. And to hear of it being, at least seemingly confirmed, that certainly is a concern for Great Urge and... Something that we would want to look into. So I must say I do appreciate the information you've given us and can confirm that we will be investigating it. That is much appreciated. I hope that
1: you will take this information that we have given you and do the best for the quick in great urge. Mistress Haldoli truly, for the moment at least, trusts the four of you. And
0: therefore, I trust you as well. If all the quick and would be killed, where would I get my meal? Kicks won't last forever, Willie. he? <laughs> ah. just kidding, I'm just
2: getting kicks. Sick of this harassment. <laughs> it's not going to stop. <clears throat> I'm <Yeah>. calling HR. <laughs> 19 more levels of it, bud. <laughs> So uh, all of the plates from
1: dinner are taken away and cleaned up, and the acolytes return. One of them brings a little roll of paper and hands it to Lucan, and it has a name and a like an apartment number in the empty threshold. So that's, that's where we're supposed to go? Uh, for I'll learning go learn the, the Kuthite spells, if you so oh, desire. Sure. So you have that. A cup of hot coffee. Is brought out for Ortegar, and he sips it. And, <sighs> soon, soon. Oh, yes, Gurdrug. He waves over to one of the acolytes, like sticks a finger up. Yeah, here. Yes, uh, Master Gurdrug will take his meal now. And they bring out this little saucer, a little tiny platter cover, sets it down in front of you, lifts it up, and it's a sheet of paper.
2: Oh, that's what he eats, paper!
0: paper!
1: (laughs) Gerdrug will open it. That's going to, for the most
3: part, conclude dinner? Yeah, after reading what's on the paper, Gerdrug stands up. This all could have been an email and just walk out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) After you've agreed to investigating the Bone Shards hideout, no real exchange of coin or goods was had. Only that somebody has a tip for you, and it's the closest thing you have to actionable something you can do, a place you can investigate in regards to the poisoning. Without a doubt, Berline might want you to act on this. But do you go to her about it, or do you just act?
0: No, we're just going to act. We've already been charged with this as a task. We don't need we don't need to run to mommy every time it's uh, time to do something. We can show initiative. I want to show initiative. Then do you go that night after dinner to the Bone Shards hideout? I haven't used any spells. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this group is a group of action. So we're going now then, right, I assume? Works for me. Arius, Kix. Good to go. Let's do it. I'll bet they have brains, Kix. That's something I can do. I know. be interesting to see you actually do something. Let's oh. go. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm never giving your idol on a move ever again. (laughs) No, what am I done? That's right. You're a teamwork character. Oh no! Don't piss kicks off. I'm just don't don't piss off kicks.
1: It goes both directions. You
3: anymore?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you won't get aid anymore. That's the most
1: passive aggressive. Fuck you. All right, so Ortegaard does provide you with directions to where he knows the Bone Shard's hideout is. And if you decide to go right there, you find out very quickly that the location is in a district of Grey Dirge called the Meat Market.
0: The Meat District, you said? The Meat Market
1: District. Meat Market. Go ahead, does anybody have a lore on Grey Dirge? I've got society. Just the society will work here. Uh, I mean, I literally have Great Urge if that gives us better shit. Lower Great Urge would be the better. Usually they give you lower DC.
0: Mm, Skills. Great Urge.
1: It's a 19. So, Kix, you are well acquainted with the meat market, but uh, in a different way than most of your party would be aware of it. This relatively poor neighborhood largely contains dismal residences for Grey Dirge's Quick. In fact, the meat market would probably have been where you were holing up. In a hovel, maybe packed together with some friends or people from the bank if you had them, but in the meat market, there's rumors among the Quick. Rumors that tell of abandoned flesh rendering sites buried beneath the district. There's a maze of tunnels and rumors of dangerous creatures and gangs in the underground of the meat market. Most people don't search the meat markets underground. There are multiple tanneries that operate on the surface where the reanimators employ dozens of tannery workers to dye the massive quantities of leather produced on the farms of Grey Dirge's hinterlands. And this location is underground in the meat market. And and we do have an idea of how to get in? You know where the hideout is, and it's among the warrens of tunnels under the surface.
0: Well, Gerdrug, are you interested in doing a little scouting, or shall we just go in guns blazing as it were?
3: Um, can I make some sort of check to know what I know... If I've been here before, if I know anything about it, with the Society you can do? Probably not, but... Hey, how about a 26?
1: You don't know any more than
3: Kix knows. Yeah, I'll go ahead of you guys. Your light source has really ruined my eyes. I'll turn mine off for now.
0: I'll brighten mine. (laughs) That's right, you need to be able to see. Do you you have low light vision at all? No. The low light? Oh. I think I have low light.
3: As a tiefling, you should have low light. Yeah,
0: yeah. We can we can at least do low light.
3: Turn the dimmer switch down on your on your light spell. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, I'll be doing the avoid notice exploration activity. If you guys wish, you can follow the expert. Can we now?
1: Wait, is that the first time we can actually do that?
3: Yeah, I think so. Oh god. Oh fuck! So nice. No, we can't. Wait, can't you're not an expert yet? I'm not an expert yet. I took thievery. Oh, you're still still trained First expert. I'm still only trained in stealth. Well, it won't be too much longer, I suppose. Right? Uh, I think it's next level. Yep, next level.
1: As you decide to descend right into the warrens and the tunnels underneath the meat market, you follow the directions you were given by Ortgar. After a few hours. ...of navigating the tunnels... ...you find yourself where the map would take you. This place... ...is off the edge of a tunnel... ...and the tunnel opens into this... ...facility. But the entrance... ...is a gaping maw... ...of fangs... ...each made of thousands... ...of fused humanoid teeth. And they all line... ...a short passage... ...which opens up to the east... ...into a vaulted chamber
0: of stone theatrical okay
3: yeah my weapons are drawn just gonna make sure that that's throw cute. that up there, throw that out there here real quick mine too damn it you're just like a uh, coral you like yeah mine too <laughs> yeah yeah mister my doesn't weapons. actually have weapons so
1: coral, could ac- coral could actually
3: murder someone <laughs> with
0: her fists
3: so there's nothing to the left
0: There is nothing to the left there, now. Okay. How far ahead do you want to be, Gerdrug?
3: I mean, how... How much light do you have?
1: A lot. There isn't a dimmer switch on an ever-burning torch.
3: I will go to about there. And I'll wait back here with my
0: light.
1: Gerdrug, you look into this cavernous chamber. Oh, what a sick looking map. You see that at the entrance here, the walls and floors and even the ceilings of, like, say, the Short Passage, are predominantly stone. But the number of bones embedded throughout the area is staggering. There are no lights that are prevalent throughout the chamber. You can see clearly through, obviously. You do see uh, flickering light in the distance in one corner of this open chamber. That's a bit further. You would need to enter in to see anything else.
3: I'll just kind of step back in the light and gesture him to move forward a bit. And I will move in, kind of staying on the right side, trying to be a farther away from that light that I can see.
1: Got it. Gerdrug, as you advance a little farther, you see that just beyond the entrance, there are the skeletal remains of four people, and they sit propped up against the walls where the passage widens into the larger stone area. There are two on either side. Each wears a simple leather skull cap strapped tightly beneath its jaw.
3: Can I make a perception check to see if they're gonna all of a sudden move?
1: (laughs) You can give me a stealth check as your initiative... Because as you enter in and Lucan and Sundrinker follow in behind you, the skulls begin to shake and wiggle a little bit, and then the teeth start chattering, and they leave the skeletal bodies that are leaned up against the wall, and they lunge forward to attack. Wait, the teeth are attacking us? Uh the the skulls. Okay and the skull's jaws are like strapped with a leather strap Here, I'll show you the
0: token, it'll make more sense when you see the tokens sounds adorable to be
3: honest <laughs> that, that was, was the move up a bit motion, not the move all the way up motion sorry, but we're only level 2 we've
0: only done a few dungeons, where we're not coordinated yet Arius, there's a bunch of skulls. Maybe you can find one that's more handsome than yours. No, it's impossible. Just just replace it. No, mine is the best skull.
3: That poor fairy would have loved this place,
1: (laughs) (laughs) So at the top of round one, as those chattering jaws begin to click and the teeth chatter, you can see that those leather straps are actually holding them down to the skeletons that are along the floor and the wall here. And as the chattering gets louder, you realize that this may not be necessarily a physical threat as much as it is a potential alarm system. And the skulls are about to go a-chattering. Gurdrug. How interesting. At the top of round one, it's your turn.
3: I take a five-foot step forward and then um, I will attack... Skull, the skull directly to my south because I uh, used stealth as my initiative. I get a surprise attack, which means he is flat footed to me. All right. Uh, how about a 28? A 28 is a critical hit, 23 damage, 23,
1: and they are not immune to critical hits. There is a little bit of resistance to your damage, but not enough to stop you from just slicing the spine from the skull and then cracking it open with another slice. And it stops moving and click, click on the ground.
3: Well, um, there's another one within five feet of me. It also has not gone yet, so it is also flat-footed. I swing at it with my plus one dog slicer. I use a hero point because I rolled an natural ah. one. <laughs> I get a two instead.
1: Uh, Total of seven will miss. I'm dead. One of the chattering jaws to the north, you can see, begins visibly fighting the leather strap that it's on to try to chatter. And it's going to make a flat D20 check. Gets a nine. The leather strap that's holding it in place is holding it in place very well. However, it does give it an easier purchase on the chattering. It uses all three actions to chatter loudly, and its sound, click, 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 begins to echo. You don't think it's loud enough right now on its own to do much, but many more of them start joining, and it could alert somebody deeper within. Kicks. it's your turn. I'm going to cast a spell. I'm going to target, looks like, it's not showing me what number that is, but that one. The one farthest in the top right, across from Gurdrug. And then... 15? 15 hits. I throw a random bone telekinetically across the floor with the 10 bludgeoning damage. The 10 bludgeoning damages bypasses its resistance, and the bone cracks right into the skull and (laughs) smashes it. And I will end my turn with a aid from Recall Teachings. Then that takes us over to Lucan. It's your turn.
0: Oh, I don't know how best to do this. I want to try and kill him before anything happens, but I don't know if that's really going to be possible.
3: Kix just killed the one that started chattering, so neither of the other two have started yet. And if your vine can do bludgeoning, just
0: bludgeon. I move, yeah, Sudricker moves into the area... And we'll attack the one to its south using a Vine Lash. The one next to Gerdrug, all right? That's the one I can reach. Oh, should I go after the other one? But that's the one to go next. Not that I would know that. That's probably a little metagamey. I mean, they're all starting to chatter. You can see
1: one of them's further along than the other because you're heroic and you perceive those types of things.
0: Okay. It's our table, David. It's the one I'm going after because it's, it's the one that... I would really sense. wish I could get in a place where I could hit both of them from 10 feet away. I just can't quite. What do you mean? You're in range hog. of both of them right now. With reach? Oh, I am, aren't I? Yeah. Ah, how wonderful to have reach. Uh, so, yeah, we'll attack that one to the south first. I get an 18. 18 hits. I will deal it. 7 bludgeoning damage.
1: Okay. And it takes all of that damage... But it is not quite enough to destroy the skull. It leaves a big crack on the side of it. You can see it's just barely ready to fall apart, but that jaw still starts chattering.
0: All right. Swing again with an 18. An 18 hits. And we'll deal it an additional 9 bludgeoning damage. That 9
1: damage is enough to silence the chattering jaws.
2: I'm done. Then that takes us over to Arius it's your turn I wasn't paying attention what's this thing's deals can I just go hit it yeah just go hit it just go hit it try and kill it before it starts chattering okay that's what the chattering thing was about okay first action I move 15 feet up to the well the last enemy second action I will go ahead and take a big old swing hold just good kicks is doing something
3: oh I'm just I'm gonna aid his attack. With a 26 for a critical?
1: That's a. Second level, is that critical? That's what I have to check. It'd be 16, right? It is. That is a critical, yes. The 16 is a critical. So is that plus a plus 2? Yes, sir. A plus 2 to the attack
2: with an aid from kicks. Nice. Taking a swing. Hitting it with a 16. I rolled a 6. That'll hit.
3: Pretty sure that critical
2: and that aid just did. Made it, so I hit
3: And damage. Well, we've seen a 15 hit, so, but the 8 itself probably did. Off by
2: 1, but yeah. Uh, 6 slashing damage. Okay.
1: You can tell that it resists some of the slashing damage, and it still
2: is about to start chattering. Third action, I take another swing, and I roll a 3. I hero point up. I hit with a 15. 15 gets it. Hero point success. Dealing 9 damage.
1: And that 9 damage is enough, even with the resistances, to silence the final of the Chattering Skulls. And you stand there in silence afterwards with just some clicking and you can hear the sounds from the cavern deeper in otherwise it's quiet
2: you thought any of these skulls would be better looking than mine well <sighs> yeah. not anymore well now they're all smashed to bits <laughs> yeah cause they were fucking hideous
3: Curdrugs, gonna continue to the south of this cavern
0: okay you guys stay here I do
1: alright Gerdrug do me a favor give me a, a stealth check Twenty-seven. This large, vaulted-ceilinged chamber rises some 50 feet above the floor. There are six pits in this chamber, each 15 feet to a side, and lined with red glass. They stand in two rows along the floor, arranged in a regular pattern. Between and around the pits are eight roughly circular mosaics of polished bone, each 10 feet in diameter. Along the south wall, where you're headed now, stand the remains of a makeshift camp, canvases laid across poles of lashed bones to make tents cook pots over fire pits ringed with sooty skulls and other abandoned detritus litters the area. The east wall, you can see, contains a wide opening into another room that even from here, it's visible Is piled high with bones It takes you a minute to count them But you see some crawling hands Much like your friend Argoon the Annihilator Back at the Theater of Sin That are going in a patrolling pattern Around the edge Of the rendering chamber here And they're marching in a pack, two packs of three And they're going along the edges And you manage to put your back up against the wall And they just kind of march past you and they continue on their their route.
3: Do they look like they're heading towards where everybody else is? Yes. So when they get there, I want to stab one in the back.
1: Nice. So just as they're turning around the corner, you're going to stab one.
3: Yeah, because I know they're gonna they're gonna get too close to the my friends.
0: They'll certainly.
1: And my see friends them.
3: are not stealthy with their bright <laughs> pink pur- purple light.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. Really quick, I might have missed it. Are these pools filled with blood?
3: It's glass. That's that's
0: red glass.
1: Cool. And if you look at it, when you get a moment here, it looks very much like the red glass at the Theater of Sin. This is your initiative, Gerdrug. You rolled stealth earlier. That 27 is your initiative for this. And they need everybody else to roll
0: for initiative, too. God damn it. One of them's going to be for me? That
2: motherfucker.
0: Lots oh goddamn many of them are there? Six. You know,
3: six, two no. packs of three.
0: I'm not uh. last
3: at
2: least this time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have rolled really poorly in on initiative with Artists. You just keep getting really unlucky. Are you
3: sure you're rolling the right die? <laughs> You've got a plus six.
0: Yeah, like it's not like your plus is bad. You just keep rolling really badly on it. All right, Gerdrug, you're going to get to go first here. At the top of round one,
1: you see an opportunity and you take it. Gurdrug, initiate combat.
3: Okay, yep. I'm going to move up so that I am right behind two of them with my first action. And second action, since they're flat-footed, I'm going to attack. Uh, We're going to get an 18 to hit the first one.
1: 18 hits.
3: Well, we will do 12 damage. 12. Slashing. Slashing, okay
1: just as it's crossing by, you quick sh- cut it in half. It falls into two pieces onto the ground.
3: i going to make a quick backslice with another 18. That'll hit. For 13 damage.
1: That 13 damage does the same for the one that passes by. Just sh- sh- cut two of them down, and the third one, we'll see if it even gets a chance to react. Taking two down at the top of round one after Gerdra gets kicks. Give me a perception check.
3: Does the third hand even realize that the two fr- friends behind it are dead?
1: We'll see on its turn. <laughs> Not very perceptive with an eight. Kicks, you don't even know anything's going on. I mean, you can keep me at the bottom because if you say I didn't notice anything, if none of the guys in front of me are reacting, I'll just hold off. So kicks delays. Lucan. You're a little closer, but do you notice? Give me a perception check. Perception check. I get a 22. Well, you see Gurdrug cut these two down from the shadows, but only because their bodies cut in half and stop walking forward. And you notice one crawling hand just continuing on, about to pass right in front of you.
0: Well, I'll start by moving a little bit. We'll get over to where I can kind of see what's going on. That's my first action. Then action two and three, I guess I will act together and cast Electric Arc at that guy. Okay. Reflex save, please. He gets a 20. Well, that's a success. He'll take half damage from my zappy zap, so that's two damage. Okay. And then with their action from my act together, Sun Drinker moves up. And Sundricker can't take any further actions, correct? Nope, that's it. I can only move up. Actually, I'll be right there. Next to Lucan.
3: Well, Kix, okay, so you see him attack something.
1: Whoa, what's going on? I move in. Kix goes. After Lucan? The eh. After Lucan kicks. It's a goon. Oh, look, a crawling hand. I befriend it. We will throw some more bones. Seventy. Seventeen hits. I have a feeling there's always
0: gonna be bones.
1: Seven bludgeoning. Seven bludgeoning damage is enough to flatten the crawling hand. Then after kicks takes out the group that was patrolling the early part of the rendering plant. That takes us over to the remaining group. So the other three crawling hands spend their rounds. Moving on their patrol. Damn, they move so fucking fast. Sorry, that was just surprise. They move fast. At the end of three actions, you can see clearly that these three crawling hands—they're you know marching along with their severed stump hand things—and then they stop in startlement. And then with their third action, they start rushing toward you. Uh, I thought you were gonna have a Voltron. No. <laughs> They, they clip their fingers together <laughs> to create a foot, long, a foot tall, a foot hand tall. creature. No, they are they are able to. Let's see, gets into Arius's space, gets right next to Lucan and Sundranker. And then the final one comes up right behind. So these three have recognized that you are attacking or that you are invading. And then the one gets right up in Arius's square and starts beginning to climb his skeleton legs so that it can start doing damage. Arius, bottom of round one. Someone's crawling on you. It's your turn. Yeah, fuck that thing. I try
2: to murder it. Die, obviously. 26. That's a critical hit. Uh, twenty three damage the tip of your your
1: sword catches this thing right in the palm and it just f- flings across the facility and splats onto a wall falls down it's dead
2: and I'll take a step to the east and take a swing at another one that was going after uh my friend Luke Thanks 15 dead hit. 15 hits 13 damage.
1: Thirteen damage is enough to slice this one before it even gets to Lucan's square.
2: That's uh, my turn. Well
1: Then after Arius clearly saves Lucan's life, Gerdrug, uh, 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 it's your
0: turn. Release my outfit.
3: Huh. Uh, first action will be to move up next to this last hand. Second action, we will just... Take a swing at it. We don't have flanking, or it's and it's not flat-footed at the moment, but is what it is. We're still gonna get a 24 to hit it.
1: That's gonna be a critical hit. Jesus.
3: Uh 13
1: damage. You gotta yeah, just come in here and just wreck everything. Just sh, sh-, sh-, sh. <laughs> comes up and just cuts this one down before it even gets close. Also saving Lucan's life. <laughs> Sorry, outfit. I'm getting the two things confused.
0: Same thing, same thing.
1: I'm picturing the Sam Beasley meme from The Office where corporate needs you to tell the difference between these two pictures. One says Lucan's life, the other says Lucan's outfit.
0: There's the same 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 picture. picture. Yeah, that's fair.
1: Well, that's the end of that encounter. All of the crawling hands on patrol have been eliminated. With ease, if I might add. Startling ease.
3: I mean, (laughs)
0: Man, having dinner with Kuthites is just the worst. At least now we're back to familiar territory, going through dungeons with absolutely no ability to be stealthy. This one seems suspiciously easy so far. Will that trend persist? Find out next time as we continue... Bloodlords, lords and until then may
3: you have many great adventures of your own
0: it's your turn